Kia ora and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. With me today is my guest, Craig. Hello. You might remember Craig from the episode on Eliza and Henry, one of the juvenilia. I was going to ask you what your experience of Austen is, but I think I can probably catalogue it. You've watched three adaptations of Persuasion, read three chapters of Persuasion, read Henry and Eliza, and now read two chapters of Lady Susan. That sums it up perfectly. Right. And today we are going to be discussing Letter 2 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 2. Lady Susan to Mrs. Johnson. Langford. You were mistaken, my dear Alicia, in supposing me fixed at this place for the rest of the winter. It grieves me to say how greatly you were mistaken, for I have seldom spent three months more agreeably than those which have just flown away. At present, nothing goes smoothly. The females of the family are united against me. You foretold how it would be when I first came to Langford. And mannering is so uncommonly pleasing that I was not without apprehensions myself. I remember saying to myself as I drove to the house, I like this man, pray heaven no harm come of it. But I was determined to be discreet, to bear in mind my being only four months a widow and to be as quiet as possible. And I have been so, my dear creature. I have admitted no one's attentions but mannerings, and I have avoided all general flirtation whatever. I have distinguished no creature besides of all the numbers resorting hither, except Sir James Martin, on whom I bestowed a little notice in order to detach him from mismannering. But if the world could know my notice there, they would honour me. I have been called an unkind mother, but it was the sacred impulse of maternal affection. It was the advantage of my daughter that led me on. And if that daughter were not the greatest simpleton on earth, I might have been rewarded for all my exertions as I ought. Sir James did make proposals to me for Frederica, but Frederica, who was born to be the torment of my life, chose to set herself so violently against the match that I thought it better to lay aside the scheme for the present. I have more than once repented that I did not marry him myself, and were he but one degree less contemptibly weak, I certainly should but I must own myself rather romantic in that respect, and that riches only will not satisfy me. The event of all this is very provoking. Sir James is gone, Maria highly incensed, and Mrs. Rannering insupportably jealous, so jealous in short and so enraged against me, that in the fury of her temper, I should not be surprised at her appealing to her guardian if she had the liberty of addressing him. But there your husband stands, my friend and the kindest, most amiable action of his life was his throwing her off forever on her marriage. Keep up his resentment, therefore, I charge you. We are now in a sad state. No house was ever more altered. The whole family are at war, and Mannering scarcely dare speak to me. It is time for me to be gone. I have therefore determined on leaving them, and shall spend, I hope, a comfortable day with you in town within this week. If I am as little in favour with Mr. Johnson as ever, you must come to me at 10 Wigmore Street. But I hope this may not be the case, for as Mr. Johnson, with all his faults, as a man to whom the great word respectable is always given, and I am known to be so intimate with his wife, his slighting me has an awkward look. I take town in my way to that insupportable spot, a country village, for I am really going to Churchill. Forgive me, my dear friend, it is my last resource. Were there another place in England open to me, I would prefer it. Charles Vernon is my aversion, and I am afraid of his wife. 
At Churchill, however, I must remain till I have something better in view. My young lady accompanies me to town while I shall deposit her under the care of Miss Summers in Wigmore Street, till she becomes a little more reasonable. She will make good connections there, as the girls are all of the best families. The price is immense, and much beyond what I can ever attempt to pay. Adieu. I will send you a line as soon as I arrive in town. Yours ever, Susan Vernon. What are your thoughts so far of Lady Susan? At a party? I'm sure she'd be a lot of fun. You wouldn't want to take your boyfriend there, though, right? No, no, no. Because, yeah, she's laying out that she seduced the husband of the household and then the husband's sister's... We'll call him boyfriend. But the amazing thing is she didn't seduce the boyfriend for herself. She seduced him on behalf of her daughter and managed to get him to propose? Mm, That's pretty impressive. She does seem to be a person that would uh, enjoy men's attentions, and it doesn't seem to matter that they're attached or not. That doesn't uh, seem to worry her. Um, I don't know what her point was of seducing the man of the household, though. That's a good point, because she doesn't seem to have any motivation in it, except for when she says... She says when she was going there that she already liked him. He's uncommonly pleasing. And I remember saying to myself as I drove up to the house, I like this man. I um, I wonder if she just can't help herself. Possibly. She's just a flirty person. So she had motivations for Sir James, but no actual motivations for Mr. Mannering. But like, how did she think this could go? You're staying in his house. You're going to piss off his wife. <laughs> yes. Maybe she doesn't, those thoughts don't um, worry her or she doesn't think of in advance of her actions. I wonder if she thought she could somehow keep it under wraps, like that no one would find out that she was somehow seducing two men at the same time. Oh, right. She could be that cunning, but I doubt it. I just don't think she cares. Yeah, she doesn't seem to have minded that she's burnt this bridge. No, she'll just move on to the next. So Mrs. Mannering, who she's staying with, was the foster daughter of her friend, Mrs. Johnson, who this letter is written. Hence the, your husband did the right thing by throwing her off when she got married. Therefore, it doesn't matter if Lady Susan burns this relationship, because Mr. Johnson's already burnt his relationship with Mrs. Mannering. There's a lot of complicated relationships going on. Mm. And what's um, on Wigmore Street? Is it the girls' school that she's sending her daughter to? Yes, Miss Summers School in Wigmore Street. Ah, right. Number 10. Number 10. The interesting thing, though, is she's basically sending Frederica there to get rid of her, to get her out of the way. But she has absolutely no intention of paying for the school. Yeah, maybe she's planning to get someone else to pay. I mean, that's a possibility for Lady Susan, actually. Because she will use people however I think they work best for her. Yep. She turns the idea of marriage on its head. She refers to herself as a romantic and saying that riches only will not satisfy me. Whereas most people would say a romantic is you want to marry without the riches, but you have to pull your head in and go, no, I can't marry someone who doesn't have an income. Marriage at that time obviously was very different. Women couldn't work. Marriage was a job. You married a man who had a job or mostly gentlemen, they had income. So they had land and they were paid money every year. So you couldn't marry someone who didn't have any money or you had nothing to live on. So for most people, it would be the affection first and then the money. But Lady Susan has switched that. And for her, it's the money first. That sounds exactly like her. 
when we read it, you pointed out that she repented not marrying him. But if he were less contemptibly weak, she would have. One degree. Well, he did leave his girlfriend for the potential for her daughter. He did. So that makes him pretty flaky anyway. She doesn't think much of him. He'd be a good match for her daughter apparently though. But that would kill two birds with one stone, wouldn't it? Get her daughter off her hands. She says her motive to detach Sir James from Miss Mannering was to attach him to her daughter. But I wonder whether that was actually her motive or she just wanted to see if she could. And then retrospectively went, oh, no, I'm being a good mother. Yeah, potentially. I just think she sees people in relationships and wants to break them up. I wonder about her loyalty to Alicia, Mrs. Johnson, and whether Mr. Johnson not liking her means that she's never going to try and interfere in their relationship. Mm. If she is very much about just trying to break up relationships. She's getting Alicia to work for her, though. She asks her to keep up Mr. Johnson's resentment towards Mrs. Mannering to make sure that the story about her never gets home, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very cunning. And she is aware that the way society views her is important, that Mr. Johnson is seen as respectable, and therefore he should like me so people know that I'm respectable because Mm. I'm your best friend and it's a bit weird that your husband doesn't want to see me. (laughs) Yep. Yes, he obviously sees her true colours though. It's funny how Churchill seems like her last resort. She's got nowhere else to go, basically. She says if there was anywhere else in England, I would go there. That's why in letter one, she had to insist that they take her, basically, because she had nowhere else to go. She's burnt every other bridge. Just one left to go. Yeah, because she invites herself. Well, you've got to when it's your last resort, right? Yeah. I'm turning up. Can't do anything (laughs) about it. In the first letter, Lady Susan's being very, not grovelly, but she's trying to say all the right things and all the nice ways. But in the second letter... I think this is more of her true voice. Mm. Yeah, she's writing a friend, right? It's her best friend, and she can be completely honest and say, I don't want to do this, but I fucked up, and I'm up against a wall. I've got to go to the fucking country, and I don't want to. It's miserable. Yeah. She tells a really different story than what she tells Mr. Vernon. This is a party house, and I'm a widow, and poor lonely widow I need to go somewhere quiet where she's honest with Alicia that as you say she's burnt her bridges and she needs to get the fuck out of Dodge she refers to her brother-in-law as her aversion and she's afraid of his wife they've been married for six or seven years and she's never met the wife yeah all the kids so she obviously didn't go to the wedding no we find out a little bit later that she actually tried to stop them getting married oh Ah, right, that would explain a lot of things. Yeah, which makes it that much worse that she's turning up to this woman's house. Mm, inviting herself. What are your predictions? What do you think Lady Susan's going to do? She's going to burn these bridges, of course. Good and hard. (laughs) (laughs) She'll just think of herself. She will just expect them to run around after her and make herself at home, and then she'll hopefully get kicked out, and that'd be funny. That was good. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading chapter three. Are you actually going to? Of course. Oh, interesting. And that is our discussion on letter two of Lady Susan. I'm Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com, on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan, and on Instagram at Francis Duncan Does. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Nice. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. 
I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride Focus merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!